been a while. I have been gone for a very long time, um, but I'm back with a brand new series of Chit Chat, the podcast in which we take a dive into the deep pool of all the life stuff for the South Asian diaspora. Um, For this new episode, I got in touch with an old friend of mine from university called Sim um, because I wanted to talk to her about the Asian obsession with weight and body image and you will discover why I thought she would be a really great person to discuss that with. Um, We also talk about why body positivity can be problematic and there's there's some other extra fun stuff thrown in just for good measure. So I hope you enjoy. Just FYI, this episode was recorded via Zoom thanks to the pandemic. So in case you're wondering why the sound is a bit off, that is why. But regardless, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Chit Chat Podcast. Today I am joined by my university pal, Sim. Hi Sim, thank you so much for joining me on Chit Chat today and you're part of the new new era of the podcast. So if this blows up, then (laughs) you're going to feel pretty special about it. But yeah, how are you doing? Are you all right? I'm good thank you I'm I feel I feel like at this day it's it's a perfect time to record a podcast you know it's like I can see the weekend just week wise I can see if I have energy for the weekend being an old friend it just feels like an event (laughs) what a mood you're like you're working in publishing at the moment right (laughs) yeah how is that because isn't isn't there a bit of like a like as with journalism isn't there like a lack of diversity in publishing oh yeah there, there are like 25 brown and black people in the entire industry and we all know each other <laughs> classic then, of course yeah. when I first started it was all I, I feel like we did a lot of uh, meetups where essentially all of the very guilty white companies would host us for some like wine and snacks and we would just get to know each other a bit more because like starting out in publishing everyone knows everyone and if you're coming in from the outside it can be super intimidating so we kind of just we got to know each other and it's kind of the conversation has moved forward a little bit which is cool and we we're all doing bits so I set up a, a in-house uh, kind of network for all the black and brown people and we're making changes and stuff but it is publishing is so slow I don't know what it's like in journalism but it's fucking slow oh wait can I swear? Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. I swear all the time. Thanks. <laughs> such a, a potty mouth. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's all right. It's fun. I work in children, so it's significantly less scary than the grown ups. I don't know how people survive in grown up publishing. Like, I need people around me who have the mind of a six year old constantly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to be. But it's it's fun. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Like I don't know if you remember, but we start when we started uni. Like everyone who was at who was on our course with us was like, "I'm going to be a writer," and I was like, "I'm going into yeah. publishing." Yeah, that was kind of always yeah. the plan. 
yeah but um very very different in a good way or yeah oh do you know what it's a it's still a job yeah. like I think I would go, I went into it being like it's books everybody loves books it's just so nice yeah you know yeah and then I got there and I was like right no it's still professionalism <laughs> like I have to put professional pants on yeah. every day Oh, and it's things still like a job. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to get <laughs> paid for this. <laughs> yeah. Not enough, let me say that. Well, <laughs> at least you're enough. like, you're doing bits trying to like diversify, you know, the space. I think it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? When you, you know, you're in the minority in your field and you feel like that weight on your shoulders, like, oh, I have to represent, not only do I have to represent everyone, but I have to get more people in so that I'm not the only one <laughs> it's like oh the pressure it's so much like extra work because also if you don't do it then people are like well why do we have a brown person on the team yeah. like <laughs> yeah. when I was a so I interned for a year and a half before they made me permanent they just kept extending my six-month contract because they were like we obviously need you and you're obviously the best but we can't offer you a permanent contract because bullshit reasons and I was on literally pennies and I swear to god anytime anything was happening about any kind of diverse ethnic group was involved they would run it past me as if I was like I could give my brown stamp of approval then they could go and publish it as is and I'm like we are not the same (laughs) (laughs) I don't I barely speak for Punjabi British like I don't know the Punjabi experience everyone has a different experience you can't just lump us all in one group yeah no that's that's totally interesting you must have the same thing in journalism you must get this like those stories offered to you like all the time yeah and it's like I, I mean I've only like had two jobs but I've often been like one of the very few or if not the only one like person of color on the team. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really here to talk to you about your career. I want to talk to you about body positivity and our obsession with weight. And I wanted to start off by talking about the curve catwalk, which I only found out through you. I only found out about through you. And it just looks like the most fun thing ever so on the website and on instagram it's like tagline is a celebration of our bodies and all their wobbly bits which i just i just love i feel like we need we need so much more of that in the world right now and have needed it but it's so great so like how did you first hear about curve catwalk yeah so um i actually okay so i in the summer of, I want to say 2019, who knows, I was in this photo shoot with a bunch of other plus size Asian girls. And it was with Linda Blacker and um, Michelle Elman. And essentially, it was the first time I had met other fat women who were people of colour. And I was literally just like, oh, I feel at home here. That's weird. That's never happened before. I was like, so completely comfortable and confident and entirely myself. And then I was like, there's got to be other places where I can, I can feel like this. Like this cannot be, I can't just live off this one day for my entire life. So um, I took to Google and I was literally just like, okay, what are the things I like doing? Did a cheeky Google search. And I had actually seen um, videos pop up of Jiggle Your Beauty classes, which are like the kind of up-tempo um, classes that Curve Catwalk offers. They offer like two or three it depends on who's teaching and stuff um and I, I I'd, I'd seen it 
kind of peripherally and realized that the gym was round the corner from where I was living at the time because I was a uh what are they called property guardian so I was living in this warehouse with like 80 people and it was really insane but we were like in the middle of Farringdon so it was just great location for all events essentially so this came up because it was so close by and I just I dragged my friend Nikenna with me because I was like I can't go on my own what if they don't like me um, we turned up on the day and I have literally never felt so like alive I feel like that I've got a video from the first time that I was there and whenever I'm fe- really really feeling like not great especially during lockdown I would like watch that video again and be like in the room because I think until until you're in a space especially when you're a woman of color who is plus size and in the Asian community as well being plus size is it's, it's almost like body positivity hasn't happened to the Asian community it doesn't exist I mean I use body positivity very loosely obviously we want to be working more in the fat acceptance fat liberation yeah. space and positivity as it's now been co-opted but like yeah it was it was so extremely beautiful and it's such like a merging of souls and I feel like yeah I was hooked immediately immediately hooked and the founder Trina she is probably one of the most brilliant human beings on this planet I I say this to her face all the time and she's just kind of like Sim please stop (laughs) stop (laughs) please (laughs) literally every time I see her I'm like Trina thank you for this thank you for this gift when something comes from someone who is so authentic and like the whole team of people who run Curve Catwalk it's just it's from a place of love it's from a place of wanting to create a community that didn't exist before and like sharing experiences as well and sort of they're they're branching out into doing all the things so it's it's kind of grown massively even since I've been kind of peripherally just going to these classes and I I can't I can't say enough wonderful things about it really yeah so there's like they run classes and then what else what else have they got going on? So um, they, all their classes are online now, sadly, obviously. But pre-pandemic, so they were doing lots of other bits and bobs. They were, we went on a weekend together. Um, we went away for Galentine's. <laughs> we went to the Slavi. And we just spent this whole, like, it was fucking crazy. Like, it had been sponsored by, like, all these crazy people. So we got so much free stuff. And it was just. Amazing. like a whole weekend with my favorite people and like loving yourself and they did all these like workshops as well about like you know how to finance yourself how to get yourself moving and grooving it was it was completely insane and they're offering more and more of those kind of that I think that was the plan before lockdown anyway from what I gathered but um I think that Trina isn't someone who is not busy like she's got plans for sure it's gonna yeah. grow Wow, that's amazing. Because I I knew that you guys um, were featured in like a couple of publications. When was it? Was it last year or the year before? Um, um, you guys all had like a photo shoot and you were in like, was it Bustle or? I mean, was yeah, it, I think was it? That that's just, that's all Trina and, and the girls who run it. They, they, they're just being featured everywhere. We had Miriam Margulies, you know, yes. from Harry Potter. Yeah. Came and did that was like actually the week first week I went. <laughs> I just was so loud about how much I loved Curve Catwalk after that one week. Trina was like, "Come to this, come to the shoot thing <laughs> we're doing with Miriam Marley." So I was like, "Sure, I will." Amazing. Come. Um, so they were featured on that, and 
yeah, I think more and more people are understanding how important it is to have your own space. Um, but sorry. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it's just been it's been kind of everywhere. And uh, Trina was featured in um, Beyonce, one of Beyonce's uh, music videos. I think uh, Black Parade. That's amazing. Oh my no, god! Wow. <laughs> truly wild but you know that's the level of like incredibleness and yeah the before I joined the summer beforehand I'm pretty sure Curve Catwalk danced with Lizzo at Glastonbury oh. like oh, right? the power the yes. power of these women oh Lizzo really like radiates such such good energy like I can be I think it was when it was pre-pandemic and I love that everything's either like pre or post-pandemic now. Um, Entire was, lives yeah. have been defined. Like I think it was when, um, oh, I think it was when like Juice and like songs from that album first came out um, and everyone was like loving them. And I just used to like, on my way to work, I just used to put a bit of Lizzo on and the way I would just like transform and be like, I'm a bad bitch like no one can touch me I'm amazing yeah it's so much love like there's so much self-love but it's not in like a dickish way it's just like literally just love yourself because you're beautiful and like accepting yourself for the way that you are but and it's so great that Curve Catwalk's given you a space where you've been able to be around people that you feel like you've not been able to be around before but it also raises the question of like why are there not more spaces where you're surrounded by plus size women of color like why has that not come into your life yet you know I'm girl I think about this all the time (laughs) I think also that that same year is when I joined uh, the Asian Women Festival um committee and I like I feel like being around like-minded women is so like self-defining like you know how like good people like you can tell if someone is a person you should chill with or like if they've got like hidden skeletons or whatever once you meet their friends like mm. the people that they hang out with you can you kind of you understand a bit more about them and I think thinking back to like when we were at Warwick all of my friends were white because there were like no other people of color at fucking all of Warwick unless they were like in the Sikh society, which I didn't, I didn't speak Punjabi. I'm not yes. like a practicing Sikh, so like joining that was an option. And we actually had a conversation with this. I think like in we first year. did because I feel exactly <laughs> the same. Like I, I often I think you know as you obviously you get older and you kind of get reflective about your life. And I always think mm-hmm. like, why don't I have that many Asian friends? Like, is there something wrong with me? Am I, have I got some kind of like white complex where I'm just like trying to appease white people? Like, you know, you get like so into your head and you're like, oh, why am I like this? But it was that, like, I just, it, I did feel like, especially at Warwick, it was very much like, um, if you want to be Asian, you have to be X, Y, Z. And if you're mm-hmm. not, then you can't sit with us it was like it was like that and yeah it was the same like I can't speak Punjabi very well and I'm not practicing like Sikh you know I don't do anything specifically that apart from like going to the Gurdwara occasionally like and celebrating Diwali and stuff I don't do anything that you know makes me I'm not religious like you know kind of thing so yeah I felt the same I felt like 
where do I fit in and then like we were saying before um like seeing you on the course we just like gravitated towards each other because like oh my god another brown girl who's like probably disappointed her parents by doing English literature and creative writing (laughs) let's bond like it's one of those things where you go especially what work was such an intensely white experience I feel like I didn't fully deep how like soul destroying our time was at Warwick for like I don't know about other people of color at Warwick but it definitely felt that way for me and like coming out of it this like finding Curve Catwalk and Asian Woman Festival that was part of my healing process I think it was it had this like therapeutic effect I didn't know I was missing and I think what's really interesting is because the plus size like fat acceptance fat liberation hasn't really hit India like if you look at people like Bashamba Das who is one of the most incredible women ever she was the first plus size model a plus size um Asian model in the UK and she has broken so many stigmas she's like in Bollywood films now she's in music videos she's like huge a big deal but also the the hate she's had to put up with in doing that is awful and that all happened like quite recently and she was the first which is like completely insane and like we just haven't been having these conversations like if you're fat it's just a bad thing there is no other way to be fat other than bad because it makes you less conventionally attractive and everyone knows Asian women the only thing that your value is how attractive you are to men for your marriage that is where the baseline of our entire value is in the Asian community so it's such an intent you have to really unpick so many pieces of the community in order to start this conversation that I almost think it was that like the last 10-15 years have been this giant deep breath before we start unpicking and there are so many incredible women who are helping to start that work um but it is going to be a very long process, I think, before we catch up to even where the UK is. And the UK has so much work to do. Let's be clear. Yeah, they are yeah. the, it's not fun being a fat person in this country. It's not fun being fat anywhere. But, you know, they, they are at least two steps ahead yeah. than the Asian yeah. community, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, I think we just yeah. hadn't had a talk to, do, to figure out that we needed this representation. So that group didn't exist to begin with. But it's happening now, which is cool. Yeah, I I think I feel like I'm always more harsh on like the South Asian community because you're in it. You feel you know mm-hmm. it's like you you're most harsh on the people that you like care about the most kind of thing. And so I'm always like, why aren't we doing this? Why are we so far behind? And then when you because I guess when you compare it to the UK or like Western culture, it's like well they're not that much better. They're just a little bit better, but it feels like they're so much better because you're looking back uh, from where you are, kind of torn, caught between those two cultures as well. You're standing forward when you're, you know, being British and you're like seeing conversations about body positivity and mental health, and then you're looking back at what India's doing, or you're looking back at your Indian culture, and you're like why is that back there and like we've moved forward so it is frustrating but I think I think Bollywood has such a Bollywood's so powerful right in India it holds so much value and it can it has so much power but there's the leading women in every Bollywood film have exactly the same body type 
and they never it's and I guess you know again you could say the same with Hollywood to an extent but when you look back like back in the day like these Indian actresses they weren't like super slim they they had like all different kinds of body shapes and then I guess maybe it got influenced by Hollywood and and the desire like most desirable body type but now I mean I I don't really watch Indian films anymore because I'm like old school I'm like I can't deal with them like having sex in Bollywood films nowadays I'm like no can we go back to when like a kiss on the neck was like "Ah!" (laughs) like right like can we go back to that please I don't want to be watching you have sex um so I don't really watch Bollywood films anymore but from what I have seen all of the leading women have very similar body types like how would it feel for you if you just saw you know the likes of like like Rebel Wilson like an equivalent of her in Bollywood just like doing her thing and it's not like it's not like a thing like her her weight or her size isn't a thing she's just there and she's just living Mm. what how would that feel for you I mean, I feel like, I mean, even Rebel Wilson in Hollywood doesn't get that. Every single role she's ever had has been set, like, her fatness has been an innate part of that character. So, like, the the entire world needs to come to, like, for instance, have you seen Booksmart? Uh, Potentially. Okay, that needs, <laughs> that needs to be corrected immediately. That I is feel entirely like is it, the, is it the one where they're like in school and she's got like dark hair yeah yeah that's the one I think I have is you it should remember this is really bad I'm so bad with films like genuinely I feel like I have but I'll rewatch it because <laughs> I feel like you're like what is wrong with you <laughs> when, so when I say that book has so that that film so inspired so many fat women just in the sense that there was a plus size character she is one of the main characters nothing to do like nothing about her character has anything to do with the fact that she's fat not a single thing and it was so refreshing and that just hasn't happened and I think like it almost it almost feels Bollywood haven't even gotten to the point where they're having like sassy best friend characters who are fat Mm. like the fatness just doesn't exist unless you're an like a bourrion and you're old and you're evil and you're trying to break up some yeah. like, happy couple for some money reason <laughs> like you know what I mean like yeah. it doesn't yeah. exist unless you fit this like evilness face yeah I I honestly don't think we're gonna see that in our lifetimes but if we did I think it would make such intense waves like massive waves I don't think it I mean I say this as if I know like loads about Bollywood cinema I don't if there are films out there, listeners, if there yeah. are films, <laughs> tell us about them. We want to see if them. there are like a bunch of Bollywood indie films that have these incredible plus size women just doing bits. Yeah. If they are, come my way. But I feel like, you know, like in um Indian Matchmaker on Netflix. Yeah. So when that hit, there's one ca- there's one one of the people who are being matched, I can't remember. She was not plus size, let's be clear. She wasn't even mid-size. She's a normal size girl. But everyone was like, she's fat. And like the the comments were so awful. And she just knew what she wanted and she wasn't going to take any le- anything less than that. And everyone was like, she should because she's fat. And yeah. like, th- there's just so much work to do. 
but yeah. it's, it's, it's an intense amount of work I don't envy the people who are on the front lines doing this work the yeah. women who have yeah. taken it upon themselves to change this are so incredible but yeah it would it would be life-changing I, I think mean, I think it comes it. back to what you say as well like your um earlier point about our value being in our beauty and I definitely feel that even more so like in Indian culture than I feel like we're we're more forcibly pushing against that you know in in Britain and in Western culture but it still feels that way in Indian culture so much even when it comes to like colorism and like the, how fair we are that's still such a thing and like I remember when we were at uni I recall like you talking about using face lightening creams or like someone used them on you what was that experience like yeah so my uh, grandma has always been like you're too dark and she I, she denies this now I had this I tried to have this conversation with her like last summer I was like do you remember all the skin lightening cream you gave me she's like no I would never do that (laughs) (laughs) she's obviously had a lot of personal growth lately but um yeah it's it's been from as literally as young as I can remember it's been you're too dark you shouldn't be this dark and like especially when you come back from holidays but like I remember so distinctly me and my family we went to Barcelona or like just outside of Barcelona for like a two-week holiday and we came back so beautifully tanned and it was school picture day when we came back and I think I was in like I'm gonna say year seven like I was a baby 12 years old so me and my sister we took our school picture we were really feeling ourselves we were like oh skin is glowing for this tan yeah. you know we, we felt good my grandma doesn't put those pictures up in her house because she's like you don't look for jumpy you look too dark oh my gosh do you know what I mean just like yeah. that's horrifying yeah. And I think also like women of color have hyperpigmentation and like I have PCOS, I have a lot of hyperpigmentation on my face. This whole area around my chin is just darker. And like that used to that used to be like, well, you can lighten it. No, it's hormonal. <laughs> that is the skin. It is not yeah. changing. And it took so much longer to accept every single part of me. And now now I can go around without any makeup on and I feel great. But like, you know those conversations with people who love you and say I'm doing this because I love you I want you to have a better quality of life Mm. like as if having slightly darker skin will ever like impact your quality of life in the sense that people just won't feel attracted yeah it's it's ridiculous yeah well it's the same with like weight as well I I I feel Mm. like in South Asian culture people are a lot more open with being like you've put on weight or like even if it's the other way around being like you've lost so much weight and it's always like a comment on on weight it's never like oh you look well or like you look happy it's always revolving around weight have you ever had anyone within the cultural community or like even your family like make comments about your weight oh yeah like my entire my entire life I have been fat I was a I was a sick kid and so when I was a kid, I didn't used to eat very much. So up until about the age of six, I was I went I was just so skinny because I wasn't eating because I was so unwell. And then I became well again and I could eat. And from then on, I have been overweight, obese, I have been fat. And um it's one of those things where when you're a kid, I think they t- you know, 
grown-ups will say oh you should ask your mom about what you're eating or like oh you're fat or like we'll call you they'll call you affectionate terms because when you're a kid before you get to the puppy weight stage they're like okay it, it can be fixed you know it's not for it's not you're not a woman yet so you don't have to worry because you're a child you can be a child I'll talk to your parents about the fact that you're overweight but you can crack on the minute you start to become a woman and the point of your life is now male attention that's when it starts to become so much more pointed so I remember I went to India for the first time when I was 11 and there was just it was just when you're starting like starting to think about being a teenager you know everything is starting to happen and every single place I went <laughs> like people would snap food out of my hands they would call me all I like I know I don't speak Punjabi properly but the words in Punjabi that I know are ones that have been said to me a lot and it's stuff like motto like laddu like people calling me these things oh those are the words that I know and it was my whole life my entire relationship with my grandmother has been around how fat phobic she is towards me and how much hate she had towards me because of that and because I wasn't willing to like check because it wasn't my entire focus so when I was growing up I was too busy becoming a whole damn woman yeah so, just that know. little that little thing that you had to do yeah just like please change everything about you cheers thanks bye <laughs> no and now she's like she's like oh why why is our relationship so strange and I'm like maybe it's because you hated me for most of my life mm. I don't know yeah. change that yeah. and like my parents my relationship with my dad is has been very strained in the past because he's incredibly fat phobic towards myself my mom himself he's fat too and he like that hatred was very powerful it was part of my life and I was on I was on I've done every diet under the sun my mom took me to Weight Watchers and like every single thing when I was 12 13 14 it's been this massive conversation and like it took me going away becoming okay with myself and coming home and then having open conversations with my mom my dad my grandma for them to start seeing things differently and now my mom like loves herself she's not she hasn't loved herself for a long long time and that's she, we had this conversation I think like a month ago or something where I was just like you just seem happier and she was like I am I didn't know I could be happy like this is new and like I think we forget that like the elders in our community have been grow they've grown up in the same set of ideals for so long like we haven't like they haven't been given the opportunity to learn beyond those ideals they've been told this is your life this is how you operate within that life they made all these decisions for their own lives within those set of rules so when people start moving outside of those rules they don't know what to do with that information they're like that's wrong you're, you're breaking them and until you can sit down and have that open conversation with them they're never never going to change but now like this whole house is a fat phobia free zone I'm saying I'm in my little sister's bedroom which is why <laughs> but like the whole space is just it's genuine love and it just took 25 years to get there. That's so yeah, it's so a complicated relationship, but good. Yeah, that's so great. And I think that's why it's so vital for, and not again, not to sound like the whole weight of the world is on our shoulders, but it's so vital for us to be having those conversations. Because like you said, otherwise they're not having those conversations with anyone else. And they're not exposed to things on social media the same way that we are. So for you to do that I mean it also takes 
a lot of guts because those situations especially with elders in the family can be so intense and when they're stubborn and they just think they know best and they don't want to listen it can be such a difficult emotional taxing conversation to be had so well done for you (laughs) for having that conversation Thanks. I had lots of lots of tea, lots of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think also it helps when you have someone who's like on side. So I have two little sisters. Both of them are very, very not fat phobic. They're like so pro fat liberation. It's wonderful. I love them so much. But whenever I was like, I just didn't have the energy to deal with it. Having like, someone who can tag team in and just jump in and like save you, it's kind of important. So like. <laughs> kids if you're listening <laughs> team up with your husband <laughs> then take on the elders. yeah don't do it alone community is be everything. an ally I so I'm gonna sound like such a stalker when I say this you shared a post and it said it was a tweet and it said normalize not telling fat girls you love our confidence just because we're doing regular life shit what confidence <laughs> am I exuding sipping this lemonade go to hell I love that so much I was like this is brilliant and I noticed you're very like confident using the word fat to describe yourself and like people your size is it like a reclamation thing for you to to take that word back or do you think that that's the word that should be used I mean I think people it I think some so I've had bad experiences with the word fat I've been bullied for it in and outside of the family, at school, all that kind of stuff. And I think for me, reclaiming has a lot of power. So for me, it is a fat thing. And I identify myself as a fat queen. Love that about myself. Lots of other fat women, plus size women don't because of their own personal traumas with that word. And I think whoever you're talking to about it, I mean, number one, mind your business. Why are you talking to someone about their weight? But that that person will almost always tell you what they want to be referred to as. So you'll know within the first 10 seconds of talking to them what they're going to talk to. So like Trina, who founded Curve Catwalk, she always says, I am not my fat. I have a fat body. Just like you have fat in your body. I have fat in my body. I just have more. So she doesn't identify that way. And I think that's just true. Those are just facts. (laughs) So yeah it's interesting there's lots of people in the community who have preferred to call themselves fat but again you know intention is everything so. mm. but that word fat you just don't hear that like again in South Asian um, culture and communities you never ever hear that word in a positive light mm. it's always a bad thing it's always that person's got really fat or like oh you're looking mm. a bit fat or when you're describing yourself and it would be so refreshing and nice to see that those conversations happening for people to be like that isn't a bad thing like it's like you mm-hmm. said it's just a body it's just a body shape and we need to stop applying um we need to stop equating our value to the sh- size and shapes of our bodies because that's yeah. just not like who it's said crazy. that that was the way we should live <laughs> who was it it's so bonkers it doesn't make any when you really put down the like facts about the human body like why would we do that when, when we see a panda that is more fluffy than another panda we're not like that that's the fluffiest but this panda needs to put more fluff on <laughs> to be equally as fluffable as this other panda. it just makes so much so little sense 
I just wanted to touch on actually your work with the Asian Women Festival. Sure. What does that What does that entail? What do you do with that? What is it? <laughs> what is Asian Women Festival? <laughs> Asian Women Festival is a celebration of the contribution Asian women have made to the world. It's a celebration of like the joy that you can find in being an Asian woman. And it's also an exploration in the kind of things that we particularly face as a community. And it kind of didn't, it, nothing like it existed. It's the first of its kind. Our founder, Shani, she is one of the most inspiring human beings I've ever met. Like having one conversation with her was more enlightening than all three years at university. <laughs> and I'm more from her in that one conversation. And um, it, so it's, it's, it's an actual festival day. It started in 2019. And they were expecting 200 people to turn up. 1,500 people came. It was insane. The, the, it had everything. It had art gallery. It had talks on. It had food vendors, stores. It just was this beautiful explosion of everything brown woman. And um, I missed the first one because I had a family emergency. And then I bumped into Shani at um, Bear Lip Fest where she was doing a talk. Um, and I was kind of like, I was supposed to be this thing. And she was like, I've always wondered about a book kind of section for the Asian Woman Festival thing. And I was like, let me run it. And she just let me join. <laughs> it's been a bit of a whirlwind ever since then. Obviously, pandemic hit just as we were about to put on 2020's um, festival, which was set to be completely fucking insane. So this year we had one online, which you can go and watch for free on our website. And it's, yeah, we just kind of spoke about like, the fact that South, South Asian women don't look after themselves and because we're told looking after yourself is like selfish mm. you should always put everyone else first right so like you go and make all the food and then you serve the men and the mm -hmm. children oh, and then after don't get me eaten, started on that <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> on that <laughs> every single aspect of our entire culture is based around the fact that we have to put ourselves last so like teaching someone or giving them the tools to put yourself first like for the first time in your entire life it is like completely game-changing and we've got so many insane things coming up that I'm not allowed to talk about but um, <laughs> oh you're such we, a cheese <laughs> I know I love it <laughs> but we're a global community of 25,000 people online and growing every single day um and I just think it's the start of something completely beautiful yeah that sounds it going back to when we were talking about body positivity like mm -hmm. that phrase and Ugh. that trend because it did become a bit of a trend it, it kind of became about body positivity and then it kind of moved into wellness and obviously there's always that dangerous underlying tone of everything that you're saying which can so easily lead into like obsessive behaviors and mentalities about the way that you look so what do you like the phrase body positivity I mean so body positivity when it was born it was a political movement started by black queer people of color um and and of larger bodies all different sizes but mainly the larger end of the, the spectrum which some people call infinity fat um because of the political socioeconomic obstacles they were coming across in everyday life so like access to healthcare, 
fact that you're less likely to get a job if you're a fat person all this stuff that's where it was born it was it kind of at the moment it took off beyond being in that original space the moment other people started to latch on to this movement the more it became a trend rather than a movement the more it lost its meaning and it was co-opted by white completely normal looking women and it it lost all sense of like the the force of good that it was and that happened really really early I would say like 2014 15 is when I finally was like okay yeah this movement this movement is dead <laughs> like it just it doesn't exist anymore and in any way to help people who actually need the help and so when we talk about body positivity as a trend it's I see it and a lot of other people see it as a form of erasure and it did it did white women do what white women do you know <laughs> they take things that are made to better the lives of women of color they use it to promote their own selves they steal it from us and then they say, what are you complaining about? It's not for you, babe. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you have to lean over a bit to have like three rolls and then you're like, body positivity. That's just a body. That's human. That's your skin. That's an organ. <laughs> like no one is stopping you from doing anything when you have that body. It's important. Love yourself. I love the love yourself aspect that comes from that. That's fine. But also like, it, it, you're right it went into this toxic space where you have to be positive every single fucking day like I wake up some days and I don't like myself and that's completely normal feeling one way about yourself at any one time is impossible we are living beings like yeah. every yeah. single day we are different that's the point of life <laughs> so this is deep shit right here oh my god <laughs> no it's true it's true though and I think like you said that's why it's important to it's not about saying no like erasing the uh fact that fat bodies exist and be like no no you're not fat like don't don't say that you know be positive like you you look great yeah you can look great and be fat and it that it's kind of undoing that idea that you can only be either or and that if you're and going back to that tweet that I posted earlier like if you're confident and you're fat then you're somehow doing something like groundbreakingly major and it's like no actually you're just living your life and being happy about it so yeah I think there does need to be like a reframing still I think that and especially like amongst Indian communities there needs to be a reframing of that we'll get there one day <laughs> right I mean I will, I will I'm not gonna hold my breath <laughs> what I will do is keep connecting with other fat yeah. women and yeah. just having a good time I feel like that does a yeah. lot of the work and I also think in, in general finding people who look like you who feel the way you do it does more for you than any political ideal is going to do for you in the next 10 years all change is slow, proper change is slow. So feeling better about yourself, taking time to look after yourself while you're fighting that fight, super important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but find your find your community. Amazing. Well, I think that's an amazing note to end on. Sim, thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it so, so much. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to talk to me. Thank I you so much for inviting me on.
It's been such oh. a pleasure. Such oh, a pleasure. Glad. But if people aren't listening to this, they are missing out. Obviously. Oh, I'm going to put that right at the beginning. <laughs> if you're not listening to this, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's, that's right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> You've been listening to Chit Chat Podcast with me, Kanika. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kanika, B-A-N-S, and follow the podcast on Instagram at Chit Chat Podcast. You can also find it on Twitter at Chit Chat Pod, and you can also send me an email on chitchartpodcast at gmail.com. The logo was designed by Sana Chowdhury, whose other brilliant work you can see on Instagram at sunac.design. That's S-A-N-A-A-C dot design. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. It helps the podcast get noticed by others. Thanks.